Good morning, Riverside, Lisbon. Well, the idea is for me to survive until the end of the service, I think. I'm going to try my best. Good morning, Riverside, Lisbon. Yeah? Well, it's my uh, absolute privilege and honor, uh, and I'm very grateful to be here with you today. To share the word is always a privilege and a responsibility, uh, but uh, uh, I have other privileges as well. Uh, and uh, I happen to know your pastors. They're, they're awesome, right? Ruben and Gabby. Uh, and uh, they're not just uh, colleagues in ministry for me. They are not just uh, a couple that I, I, I admire for being brave enough to do what they've been called by God to do, which is uh, uh, the hardest mission, to do what God calls us to do. But they've been doing that. Uh, but I also have the privilege to know them as friends and uh, to have uh, access to their hearts. Uh, and uh, they are, they are just, a, just such an amazing couple, uh, such a, uh, a privilege for me to uh, learn from you, to understand who you are. Uh, and thank you. Thank you. And thank you for this opportunity, too. Thank you all for receiving me in your church. Today is a, a very important Sunday, Pentecost Sunday, right? But... Uh, what I understand of, of the Bible about Pentecost, about what happened in that day, is that what happened there 2,000 years ago happened so that we could make of every Sunday, of every gathering, a Pentecost Sunday, a Pentecost gathering. So we have that opportunity because uh, 2,000 years ago, uh, a bunch of people, a group of people that didn't know what was happening, they didn't know everything about God, they didn't know everything about the gospel, they didn't have the, the letters and the, and the gospel organized as we do today, but they trusted God. And today we are called to do the same thing. We are called to trust God in everything we do. Uh, I have a, a word for us today and the gospel of Luke chapter uh, 18, um, and uh, today I want to talk to you about uh, we being broken but justified. This will be our message for today. Broken but justified. Let's understand what that means. From uh, the verse 9, it says, Jesus also told this parable to some people who trusted in themselves, thinking they were righteous, but who looked down on everyone else. Two men went up to temple to pray. One was a Pharisee, and the other was a tax collector. The Pharisee stood by himself and prayed, Oh God, I thank you that, that I'm not like other people, thieves, dishonest people, adulterers, or even this tax collector. I fast twice a week. And I give a tenth of my entire income. But the tax collector stood at a distance and would not even look up to the heavens. Instead, he continued to beat his chest and said, Oh God, be merciful to me, the sinner that I am. I tell you, this man, rather than the other one, went down to his home justified. He went down to his home Justified, Because everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, 
But the person who humbles himself will be exalted. So this is our words for today. We're going to read more from Romans later on. But this is our, our main, main uh, word. I could sum this up in uh, very easy and quick uh, preaching. Well, we should be humble. We should be hum humble towards God. Because if not, it won't work. God doesn't, uh, doesn't uh, negotiate with us. Uh, God doesn't... Uh, uh, he, 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 does not change himself when we are not humble. He uh, doesn't adapt to people that are not humble. When we are not humble, what we do is we create a separation between us, us and God. And that's the, the, main, the main focus in this parable. But I believe that there's some more that we can extract today. So we have two men. And the first thing that I want to say today is that they're both... Followed religion. Both men, they went to the temple, the same temple, to find the same God, to pray. They both followed religion. And religion is a, a word that we don't like so much these days. We like to say like, well, this is not about religion. This is about relationship, right? And I understand that. I say that too. I, I agree with the, with the meaning, with what we're trying to communicate when we say this. But the truth is that we are religious. And that there's nothing wrong with it. A religion is a system of beliefs. So if you believe in something that is bigger than you, if you believe that there's some kind of entity that, uh, that transcends what exists, what we can see, what we can understand, then you are religious. I'm sorry. I was talking to this friend uh, last week, and he's starting to follow Christ. Uh, and he started starting to understand uh, and trying to understand some things. And so he has so many questions. And he asked me, like after days talking about God and Christ and the gospel uh, and the Bible, he asked me, are you religious? And I, 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 I was there talking to him. And I, for a moment, I tried to understand what, what, he, what is he talking about? I mean, we're in, in church. I'm a pastor. He's asking me if I am religious. That doesn't make sense. But then after some seconds thinking, well, I understood. Because in his mindset, in the mindset that sometimes we help to create, religious is always a bad thing. Religion is always something that you don't, don't have to be. You should not be religious. Because if you are religious, then that means that you are not following God properly. And that's, that, that is not true. Both men, they followed religious, religion. Both men, they, are, they were seeking for God and uh, they had a system of beliefs. The second thing is that both prayed. They both believed that they could communicate with God. They believed that they could say things and that God would be hearing and uh, reacting to those things. So they, they didn't only have religion, but they had the very same belief about how to reach God, prayer. And both, they had faith. They had faith because uh, the faith, faith is what allows us to make decisions about things that we don't understand fully or properly. Well, you see it in these chairs. 
and you believe that they, they won't break. And I defy every single one of you to explain me why it won't break. I don't know anything about chairs and about how, how they sustain our, our weight. I don't know. I just trust. There are people who know, but I don't. So when I see a chair, I look at it, I think, well, this looks like a chair. It looks like it can, yeah, I'm, I'm slim. It, it looks like it's going gonna, it's gonna to work. And then I sit. But I never know what's going to happen. But I sit, I take that decision because I have enough faith to do so. And so we can have faith in different things. We can even have the same religion. We can believe that we have the same ways to follow God and to relate to him and still have different faiths. Different ways of believing in him. Listen, you can believe in a God of the Gospels, of the Bible, or you can believe in the God of your gospel and your Bible, a God that you design, a God that when, uh, when asks for things that challenge you or us, then we twist this God and we say, well, God is not like that. God is not challenging me in this area because it seems too much. So uh, probably uh, others are mistaken about what God wants. I believe that God is not like the Bible exactly says so. So I start to create my own understanding of God. So you can have faith in God or in your God. Let me ask you, which God do you believe in? Which God do you follow? Is a God that always uh, lets you comfortable with your beliefs and with who you are? Or is a God that challenges you throughout your journey? Is a God that sometimes what he thinks and what he reveals uh, about his will is exactly the opposite of your will. I truly believe that when we start following the real God, we will have harder and harder challenges to uh, face. And some of them will mean that we'll have, we'll have to understand that what we believe sometimes, what we want, what the world would be if we were God, is something completely different from what our God wants for the world. And so our challenge in our choice is, well, will, will I submit to God or will I change God to my God and he will submit to me? The reason why I'm saying this is because we can understand in this parable that the two men, they had different postures. The man that uh, the Pharisee he was praying, but he was, completely, uh, he was completely happy with himself. He was comfortable. And he did the right things. He, did, he wasn't uh, faking. His life was a revelation of what he believed. And so he fasted, so he was generous, so he uh, changed all, all his life to do the things and to fulfill the rules that he saw in the Bible that he saw that God had for his life. And sometimes we think that being a, a Pharisee or having a, a Pharisee culture is uh, all about being fake. Sometimes we have the best intentions and we become Pharisees. Trying to do the right things, trying to make the right decisions, trying to honor God with our lives and we, became, we, we can become Pharisees still. So he wasn't all fake. 
The problem was, he was uh, his, his satisfaction was on himself. He was, uh, his relationship with God was about how can I conquer God with my life? How can I put God in a, in a position where he doesn't have anything to say to me? He doesn't have anything to teach me because I'm, oh, I'm already doing the right things. I'm already there, God. I, I, I already know. I already did. I already know what you want and I already fulfilled that. I already uh, had the, the right decisions to do. And the other one, the tax collector, and uh, just to give you some context, a tax collector in those times would have the same reputation that politics have today, maybe worse. Imagine a politic, someone, that one that you're imaginating right now, like entering in this church and sitting and uh, worshiping with us, and starting to pray, starting to cry. Well, we, we, would, we would respect him because we are educated people. But maybe in our minds we would think, well, what is this person doing here? How can you come to our Pentecost Sunday and cry with us and pray with us and then go to your life and do the things you do? You should be better. You should be like us. I was born in Angola. And I'm sorry, I'll, I'll have to, be, uh, to, to make a quick break because I forgot to introduce myself. <laughs> so I'm a pastor, I'm a Christian, uh, and uh, we have a, a, a church called CCLX CCLX in Kassain. Uh And I brought my beautiful family. My wife is there, she's Priscilla. Yeah? You can look at her to see how beautiful she is. Uh, and we have two kids, uh, Eva, who's two, and... Uh, David, who's five, and that uh, he likes to answer all the questions. So please don't talk to him, because he's going to reveal things about us, uh, and I, I really don't. I'm not interested. But uh, I was born in Angola, and uh, the church that I go to in Angola, and that my family goes to, um, is a, a very Pentecostal church. Like, imagine those Pentecostal African churches, like that, okay? But uh, when someone enters that church and it's not dressed uh, according to what the church expects, you have uh, like two or three uh, women, older women, wiser, that they have proper clothes. <laughs> and what they do, if they understand that you are not properly dressed, is that they invite you educatedly, but uh, with no alternative, to use their clothes. Because what they're saying is, well, you are not acceptable. You are not doing enough. You are not dressing well enough. But we're going to help you. Here's our clothes. And sometimes we can try to do this with other brothers and sisters. We, does it, maybe we don't dress them. Please don't, don't do that. But we try to change their minds. And we say, well, don't, don't do that. Do this. Just do it. Just say no to this and just say yes to this. Because we are trying to change their behavior and not their hearts. As long as you dress properly, well, I don't care about where you are. I don't care about your heart. 
I don't care if you believe as in, in the same God as I do. You just dress properly and we're all satisfied. But the, the word and the, and the Bible and the church of the Bible is a church where people are trying to help each other to grow in the path of following Christ. Not in the path of uh, behavior and trying to act like we're following Christ. Because when we start following Christ, then we start to act like people that follow Christ. It's a different perspective. It's a different process. So are we trying to dress others with our clothes? Or are we trying to show them that the clothes that we wear, we wear them because we, we have been transformed. We have been transformed in such a way that our decisions started to transform as well. Are we trying to do that? So I had three more, four more points that I want to share with you today. One had more faith on himself. Other had total faith in God. Faith is not something that we can divide. Or we have faith in God, or we have faith in other God. And that God can be ourselves. I can be my own God. And we don't say it like that because we're Christians. And it's wrong to say that, I mean, I believe in myself more than I believe in God. But when we start to, uh, to object God, we start to, uh, to pretend that what God wants is not what, what we want. We start to, uh, to behave like, okay, I'm going to do the right things here when everybody's looking. But when this is over, I'm going to go back to my life, to my thing. What we're saying is that I have more faith in myself and what I can do that I have in God. Some of us, we're struggling in things in our lives and we are, we are trying to find a plan, an answer with our own strength, with our, with our own knowledge, with our own, uh, uh, our own abilities. We are trying to solve our problems like that because we believe in ourselves more than we believe in God. And you can diagnose that in simple things. When uh, we need something, something, what do we do? Do we pray or we try to fix it? Or we try to fix it first and then when we don't have an alternative, then we pray. Which is saying that, well, I, I trust in myself, but it's not working. So, please, can you step in and do something, God? One demanded validation. Other begged for pardon. One demanded validation. The Pharisee, he wanted to feel validated. He wanted to feel, well, I'm in the right way. I'm, a, I'm the right Christian. I'm the right person. I have the right faith. And so he went to the temple just to be seen by others and by God himself. Well, look at my son. Look at this Christian. Look at him and his perfect life. Because all he wanted was validation. He didn't, he, he didn't need a, a, a relationship with God. He, he, he didn't uh, seek for a moment with God. He didn't seek for, well, I need, to, I need to focus on God. No, I need God to look at my life and to be pleased with myself. That's validation. And one way to find validation is just to compare ourselves and find the right person, the person that is worse than us. And there's always someone that is worse than us so we can look at that person and say well at least I'm not like 
him or her. So we start demanding for validation. But what we need is not to demand, by vali- to, to demand validation, is to be validated through pardon. Through the wash of our sins. To being uh, made new, as we heard today, by God. And then we validate it. And we know that we are loved and we are accepted and we are validated by God. Not because of what we did, but because of what he did for us. One felt justified. Other was justified. This is very important. What we feel and what we are. Well, we are different and we are in different stages in life, probably. So probably we are feeling different things, depending on where we are now, today. But what you're feeling today is not exactly what you are. What I feel is a response of my emotions and, uh, and my perspective on what's happening. What I am is what the Bible says that I am. It's what, the, what God says that I am. So as the Pharisee was feeling completely justified, he entered justified. And he walked out feeling justified as well. But feeling is different from being. The tax collector, he never felt justified, but he was justified. So sometimes God will do things in us that we are not feeling. We don't have really the, the understanding that we are what God says we are, but we still are. So it's okay that sometimes we are declaring things about us because the Bible says so, because we are worshiping. And, uh, and the song says so. Uh, and that's all true. You don't have to be, uh, to be worried because you are not feeling. Because sometimes we will not feel what we are. And sometimes we will feel things that we are not. One felt justified, other was justified. And one was unrighteous, other was self-righteous. When we walk with God, it's easy to understand that, well, all things are made new. God, as, as he found a way to accept us and to work out all the, all the things and all, all the sin that we had in our lives. We know that because we're Christians, right? But when you are not walking with God, you only have two alternatives. Or you absolutely don't know and don't care. Or you care... But you know that you are not able to fulfill everything. That's why, or or you are unrighteous, because you know that you can't fulfill everything, or you have to become self-righteous. You have to pretend that you can. You have to pretend that you have everything in in yourself to live a life accordingly to your standards, to your principles. Let's uh, read uh, Romans chapter 3. Verse 19, it talks about being justified. Because what Jesus said is that both men, they went to the temple, but when they came out, one was justified and the other was not. So how are we justified? Romans 3.19 says this. Now we know that whatever the law says applies to those who are under the law. 
so that every mouth may be silenced and the whole world held accountable to God. The whole world, everything that exists. Therefore, God will not justify any human being by means of the actions prescri prescribed by the law. For through the law comes the full knowledge of sin. But now, apart from the law, God's righteousness is revealed and is attested by the law and the prophets. God's righteousness through the faithfulness of Jesus the Messiah for all who believe. For there is no distinction among people since all have sinned and continue to fall short of God's glory. By His grace, they are justified. By His grace, they are justified freely through the redemption that is in the Messiah, Jesus. By His grace, we are justified. So there's a way where, where an unrighteous and even a self-righteous can be justified. But there's only one way. By His grace. By believing and accepting his grace by submitting to his grace that's this is how we are justified we are all broken all all but only those willing to take their brokenness toward, towards Christ are freely justified so you can just remain broken and i i'm not saying this to make you feel bad I'm just saying this because it's what the Bible says. We all sinned. All, all of us sinned. We are all equal in that. In a world where we are trying to distinguish uh, each other, uh, you're black, you're white, you're this, you're that, you're less, you're right. Well, we all sinned. We're all broken. And in that, we are all equal. I'm saying this because there's a way for that we being broken to be changed. That doesn't have to be our final identity. That doesn't have to be the final truth about ourselves. I don't have to look at myself and to look at a broken person. I know I have brokenness inside of me. But I know that by His grace I am freely and completely justified. Being freely justified, our righteousness is a consequence but never a cause. So I know that I'm made righteous, and I know that I am righteous as a consequence of what God did for me. I don't have to become righteous to be good with God, to be accepted by God, to, uh, to be close to Him and to say, well, here, here's my righteousness, please accept me. This is not a, an entrance for a nightclub where, where the, the guy... The guy is looking at people and judging and, and, and selecting. Well, you, you may enter, but you're not. I would not. I think. This is not like that. This is not, please prove, prove me that you deserve me. This is just come broken and humble. Just accept that you can't prove. I will make you mine freely you don't have to do anything about this the verse 27 26 says in Romans 3 he wanted to demonstrate at the present time that he himself is righteous and that 
He justifies anyone who has the, faithful, the faithfulness of Jesus. So we are made righteous. We don't have to conquer righteousness. We just have to accept and to receive it. And today, as I'm ending this sermon, and I want to invite the worship team, please. I believe that not all of us, we are like the Pharisee. Not, not all of us, we are broken and we, we look at others just to feel better about, um, about ourselves. Not all of us, we look down on people. We are not all arrogant and, and uh, have this kind of posture. Sometimes we are humble. Most of times we are humble. And we know that we are, not, we are no better than anyone else. And that we need God as everyone. I believe that. But even so, I do also believe that some of us, we are just broken. We are humble, but we don't know what to do with our brokenness. So we're not, we are not really like the Pharisee, but we are not really like the tax collector as well. We are somewhere in the middle where we know that, well, God, my life is not perfect. God, I'm struggling with this. God, I, if people knew who I am, really, they would be ashamed. If people knew my life completely, well, it's a shame. I'm ashamed. And so we carry this weight throughout our journey, and we try to manage it and to hide it and some kind to, yeah, to manage it throughout our lives. And some people, they live like that their whole lives. They live thinking that they have to, uh, to carry that brokenness, and that is, that is part of their identity. And I'm here today telling you and, and affirming it doesn't have to be like that. You can take this brokenness and leave it in God's hands. And what he will do is remember you of what he already did. What he did was to offer his own son, Jesus Christ, to die, to live, and to die for all brokenness. And uh, as he died for all brokenness, he offered us what he was, and he was perfect. So he offered us his identity. I am just, and now you are just, just like I am. You are righteous, just like I am. You are faithful, just like I am. Not because of what you did, not because of your choices, not because of your life, because of my life. And when God looks at us, what he sees is not well, with all his brokenness, all his struggles, all his uh, choices, right and wrong, all the things that he needs to repent every day. What he sees is Jesus Joel's life. What he sees when you, when he looks at you, is Jesus in you. And you can say, oh, well, I am broken. I know. But I, this is not about me anymore. Christ lives in me. And he is in me. And so when God looks at myself, he will see Christ in me. So I can affirm that I'm righteous through Christ. So I wanted to invite everyone that, uh, that can. Please let's stand up.
And I know that we're living awkward times, uh, this bizarre season. Uh, but, uh, but still, we are called to pray. We are called to make church. And I believe that uh, for some of us, this might be an opportunity to, to calibrate and to uh, change some perspectives on this. That we've been living too much time as broken people. We've been living just as broken. I'm just broken. I'm just here to, I'm just broken. This is who I am. Well, God doesn't say, say and doesn't teach that this is our final stage. Justification is an automatic thing. Justification is not something that over time you'll conquer. Justification was conquered in, at the cross. Jesus did that. He will not return to do it again because it's not necessary. What he did was sufficient. And we just need to embrace that. We need to accept that. We need to believe more in the cross than in our brokenness. Please believe more in the cross. Have faith on the cross and not in, our, in your brokenness. Please change your mindset and change your heart in that. God doesn't look at us. We that are following Christ, He doesn't look at us as broken people. He says, you are my people now. This is your identity. And as that's true, then we start to be regenerated. But that's another preaching. We are justificated. We are made righteous. And so if you feel that this word is for you, and you need help, I need prayers, because I, I need to embrace this even more. I need to... I need to to embrace this even further, I need to believe in that. I, I, I came in this Pentecost Sunday, but I came thinking that I was not worthy of being here. I came here thinking that, well, I'm not acceptable. acceptable. Well, my brothers and sisters, they like me, but I'm not acceptable. If you feel that, I, I would like to invite you here. I will have some space here. And we will all use our, our masks, okay? But I don't want it to prevent us from praying. So I want to invite Pastor Ruben, and maybe Gabby, and I don't know uh, if other leaders to be available to pray for you today. And you can, uh, as the worship team, I don't know if you can play something. As they are ministering, you can make this place, not a place where we, li we look at each other, upon each other like the Pharisees. But as we are so focused in what God can do, we are so focused in who we are and what we need from God that we don't even care about who's looking. That we don't even, we don't want to pretend anymore. We don't want to, we don't want to wait for another Pentecost Sunday. This is our Sunday here. So you can, you can come here and we can, we can pray together.